This is Dr. Holly Lucille's Mindful Medicine. Here's Dr. Holly Lucille. Hi, folks. Thank you so much for being here. Mindful Medicine Podcast brought to you today by the Institute for Natural Medicine. I want to jump right into our subject. Uh, we're gonna, I'm going to be talking about stress, and I, um, we are. I've got this incredible guest uh, to help me flush it out because I do believe that in our modern day, this this concept called stress is contributing so much to our really demise. I would just say physically, mentally, emotionally spiritually even. And, um, I just see it all the time in my clinical practice and I see it all the time in my family and sometimes quite honestly in myself. And so I want to introduce you, Heidi Hannah. She's a PhD. She is a New York times bestselling author. She's chief energy officer. I love this and founder of synergy, which is a consulting company providing brain-based health and performance programs to organizations and the executive director of the American Institute of Stress. So she knows what's going on uh, when it comes to stress. So this is going to be an incredible conversation. Here are a couple of her books. Relax your fat off. We're going to talk about that for sure. The Sharp Solution, Stressaholic and Recharge, uh, Stressaholic and Recharge. Okay, so she she eats and breathes this topic. Um, And then later on this year, we can look forward to her next book, The Curiosity Effect. Heidi, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. It's uh, really exciting to be here. And I know, I think you like talking about stress maybe as much as I do. I'm really looking forward (laughs) to this. Well, it is such a pervasive, I mean, I, you know, you you and I have talked uh, many times before, um, and in depth about this this subject, and I, I think I remember last time we talked, I said I don't even think that we have the luxury of sort of being in danger anymore when it comes to that whole stress response. That's that is very biologic, right? Um, mm-hmm. In our modern day, I think the definition of stress sort of has morphed. What what is your definition of stress? Yeah, that's a great question, and actually, that's a lot of what put me on this journey in the first place was I feel like it's this buzzword and in some ways it's a connector because everybody's talking about the fact that they're feeling stressed and so we can connect with each other, we can relate with each other. But I think what we've done is we've made it more confusing and in fact Hmm. kind of more stressful because we don't really know what it is. So I went on this journey and in fact took on the role as the executive director of stress to help us define it. And I started talking with stress experts and saying, you know, how do you define this to people to help them understand it? Because if we can't understand it, how do we expect people to to manage it and come out from underneath it? And I was shocked because people would just kind of ramble on for like 10 minutes trying to come up with a definition. And I thought, if this is stressing out the stress experts, then we kind of have a problem here. And perhaps just getting to the core of what this is would help to alleviate some of the chaos and the confusion. So when I go back, I go back to the founder of the American Institute of Stress, who is Hans Selye, who first kind of Mm -hmm. coined the term when he was doing experiments on animals and noticed that they had this reaction to a stimulation of some sort that caused their body to adapt. And most of us think of the fight or flight response as being this stress response or the result of stress, but I think even he would say that the word kind of got away from him and became this catch-all for anything that's wrong or feeling overwhelmed or feeling anxious or worrying when actually stress in and of itself is just simply 
the stimulus for change. And then how mm. we respond to stress can, can dramatically change based on the capacity that we have. So I kind of look at it as this formula of demand versus capacity. What is the demand uh-huh. on us? And that could be physical, emotional, mental, spiritual, social. And then what is our capacity to be able to reach up to those demands? So sometimes demand is too much and we need to adjust that. And sometimes our capacity is too little and we need to adjust that. And I think most often it's a little bit of both and kind of nudging in both directions. I love it. I think it's so important. And that's, you know, this is what for me the podcast is all about, sort of this mindful medicine, uh, helping people maybe think through things and wake up and really be able to use their minds again. And I think it's so important, the work that you're doing, because to identify stress in the way that you have just talked about, because you're right, extremely connotated word. And I love that you say it's sort of this buzzword because it is, and then a connector, we can all sort of um, collude around how stressed out, quote unquote, we are. But what is it? Because if you don't know what it is, you can't manage it, just like you said, and I love that. Um, And so it's just, it's, I think it's so important. It's so important that we truly understand because it does have such a distinct effect. the mismanagement, I should say, uh, on our body. Because, you know, as you were saying, simply it's a stimulus for change and it's actually a good thing. You know, and I think that stress has gotten morphed into everything's just bad. But without it, we probably would die if we couldn't adapt. Um, And so how, from your perspective, especially in our modern day, uh, does stress impact both the brain and the body? So stress in that sense of it just being a stimulus for change can go in a couple of different directions. And what's really fascinating about the research right now is it seems to be that we're understanding more and more. And so what we used to think was just, for example, the fight or flight response, we now know in many people, especially women, it can be something known as the tend and befriend response. So instead of that reaction to hit something or run away, um, many of us experience when we're going through stress kind of wanting to nurture other people, take care of other people. I know through conversations with you, this is something that a lot of us who are kind of in the healthcare profession tend to do is even when we're experiencing stress, we don't think about, okay, how can I better manage my situation, but kind of how do I pour into others? And while that's a really positive way to kind of funnel that energy, it can also still become toxic if we're doing too much of that, which kind of goes back to that demand versus capacity. So one way to kind of help people maybe identify this is if you look at stress as being in kind of three different levels. It can be uh, a stimulus that is tame, which is essentially like, I'm going to go give a, a speech and it's stressful, but I've done it before. I believe I have the resources I need. So there's an energy, there's an adrenaline Hmm. rush. And I now know to experience that as excitement instead of experiencing it as panic, which I used to do when I was younger. So that's just kind of tame. You know, you feel it, you notice it, you move on. Tolerable might be a little bit more uncomfortable, but you have the resources to bounce back. So a perfect example, my mom's having eye surgery today and, you know, the stress of kind of being with her there in the clinic, but yet Hmm. knowing that she's you know, healthy, and this is going to be a positive thing, and, you know, us kind of coming together and supporting each other, and so that's, it's not something we'd want in our life necessarily, but we know that we can 
bounce back from that. And that's tolerable stress. And we do need that. And in fact, I'd say for most people, that's the kind of stress that when you look back on your life, you say, wow, I learned a lot. I grew a lot. I'm proud mm-hmm. of myself. Like we, we want to embrace those opportunities. But the third type is the type that I feel like most people today struggle with. And that's the actual toxic stress. And that's the type that mm. people are coming into your practice because they're just exhausted, they're burnt out, they're frazzled. I notice a lot of people that their nervous system is literally just frazzled. Mm. And that happens from being in that fight or flight state or getting to that point where our system actually goes into a freeze response where our body just starts to kind of shut down and so we experience chronic fatigue, we have digestive problems, we have irritable bowel syndrome, all because our body is so busy kind of dealing with those stress hormones that it shuts down the rest of what our yeah. body needs to be able to do to really be healthy. And so that's where stress becomes right. a block for a lot of people who are trying to live, you know, healthy, happy, productive lives. If they don't take a look at what's going on and really identify it, start to adjust some of the pressures that they're experiencing. Yeah, and it's it's such a great point because, you know, as a naturopathic doctor, I'm always striving to help people identify and then therefore treat the cause. And quite honestly, the clinical manifestations of what you're talking about here, it, 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 they're vast. And we, yeah. if we don't go deeper and really get to know the person and their history and what they're currently going through as far as their lifestyle and how they show up in the world, and then we just start treating these sort of, whether it's migraine headaches or hormone imbalances or the fatigue, and we don't get to that that toxic stress where it definitely does need to be managed. And I think that... Um, it's it's such an important point um, yeah. because I see it every single day, every single day. Absolutely. Well, and I think that's part of what you do so well is, number one, people have to be aware of what's going on and what the consequences are. And we don't want to stress people out by saying, you know, stress is killing you and then they just break out. But we want to right. help them get to the root cause. And so there's kind of three steps I walk people through. Number one is awareness. What is it really? Yeah. Like what's really triggering this feeling of pressure or overwhelm and get to the core. Don't just call it stress. Call it what it is. Label it. And then Mm -hmm. once you're clear on it, then the second step that most people forget is appreciate that. If you can show some sort of appreciation, I'm not talking about, you know, really horrible things we go through and now you're supposed to pretend like it's good for you. I'm just saying appreciate the fact that you do have resources and try to look for some of those positive opportunities. What's the lesson in this? What can I learn? How can I get stronger? And that's where curiosity really comes in. And even appreciation for our stress response. I'm glad my system is calling my attention to the fact that this is out of balance. And just if you can have that mindset of appreciation, we have an amazing system that's designed to, you know, get our attention when things aren't working. And if we pay attention to it, then we can move to adjustment. And the adjustment can be quite small. And this is really important for people to understand with stress is what makes stress toxic for most people is feeling that you don't have any personal control. And so even if you can't control the exact situation that's causing you stress, there's something in your life you can take action on. And when we move to action and we mobilize the fight or flight response, even if it's just going for a run, doing something that gets us in motion start to utilize those stress hormones for how they were intended instead of letting them sit and fester and cause damage in our body. I love it. And I think it's so important. And I would add sort of, I mean, people just need to get out of it. And, and it's, it's so surprising because I go through this personally when I, when I'm in it. And when I say in it, I mean, 
I kind of call it a toxic do loop of um, really the sort of fight or flight or freeze where I feel overwhelmed. But it's amazing the slightest little change and gratitude is one of them, appreciation is one of them. I can take control of my mind again and things kind of come back into perspective. And so I think that getting that awareness, you're right, and then the appreciation and, and being able to make the adjustment is so important. I've always told people, you know, it's it's sort of not about, um, let's say, I never call LDL bad cholesterol, right? Because it right. definitely has a purpose in our bodies. Yeah. It's about sort of the balance in how the whole lipid system is working for the, for, for the most part. And I feel like our nervous system as well, the, the, the sympathetic nervous system, which is really responsible for fight or flight, it has to be balanced with the parasympathetic response that, that that's where you rest, relax and repair. That's where you unburden. And I think that, you know, sometimes we end up with this sort of autonomic dysfunction where we can't get back into parasympathetic because it's almost like we're addicted to that stimulus. We're addicted to that stress. I've seen this clinically so much, and I do believe it's gotten worse with the um, the three by five world that we live in, the gadgets, uh, because we have that constant stimulus of either a ding or a post or a tweet or a text or an email um, that I I notice that some people just can't even sit. And if I go out of the bath or if I get out of my office mm, to get some water, use the restroom, I come back and you know. They're not sitting there sort of thinking about their thoughts or whatever. They're on their phone, right? And I see this in myself as well. I have to I have to be honest. Oh, most people nowadays take their phone to the bathroom. And I'm sure you've done it, and I'm sure your listeners have done it. We <laughs> can all giggle about it. It's like the one time we can just oh, I'm take my phone because I'm going to have a minute while I'm sitting there. And, you know, it's right. interesting. The American Psychological Association does a survey every year, Stress in America survey. And this is the first year that they actually did a two-part survey, one looking at kind of the general stressors of things like the election and the economy. They did a whole other part just on technology. Mm. And I've been talking about this for a while. You mentioned my book, Stressaholic. And the reason I wrote that was because I realized even as I was out teaching stress management, I was dealing with the same challenges of just not being able to disconnect. So when you add technology from the brain's perspective, what you do is you just gave it a window to everything. And it's everything the brain craves, stimulation, information, connection, validation, and even distraction when we don't feel like doing something else. And the brain is just lighting up and loving it. And it is like crack. I mean, it's just, it's fueling a lot of the same reward pathways. And and part of that yeah, is a stress response because the brain wants to remember things that are stressful, but you get so used to it, yeah, that like you turn it off and people start to have like phantom vibration syndrome where they feel like their phone's vibrating. It's not even the same room. It's crazy. <laughs> You get a hit of dopamine. I mean, you do. You really do. And that stuff is addictive. And I think that's why the awareness is so important because this whole um, buzz word, connotated, heavily connotated uh, phenomenon, stress in our modern day is not going away. And I really think that, and it's so interesting too, I have to say, because obviously technology creates this illusion that we're more connected but then I think that what's happening is we're more disconnected from ourselves because I noticed that I think um you know going to the bathroom uh or whatever I think that what we are 
learning is a decreased tolerance for our thoughts and our feelings. And I feel like that's one of the most unhealthy places that we can end up because then we stop getting to know ourselves and then we can't, then we're living, you know, sort of unconsciously a little bit. And we all have run into problems doing that, right? I think part of the beauty of being alive and being human is to bring what is unconscious back into our consciousness so we can actually be in control of it and be aware of it and not work out of, you know, learned patterns from when you were younger. Um, And when we're disconnected from ourselves, we don't have contact with ourselves. That whole process gets, and then you're acting out and you're like, oh my gosh, why did I do that? Well, you weren't living mindfully. I just wrote that down. Decreased tolerance for our own thoughts. I just want everyone to kind of resonate with that for a second because, you know, I have this whole process I do every day now and I call it my brain boss process where I'm like, you know, I've been fighting my brain for over 40 years and I'm not (laughs) doing it anymore. So it's like, hey, you know, you can get hijacked as much as you want. You can tell me that you want to be on the phone. You can tell me you want to check email before you get out of bed. It's not what we're doing. Like, uh, you're not (laughs) because my heart is saying I want to be a patient, loving, kind, calm person a human that feels connected to people and when i get hijacked into that world i just don't i don't like who i become so i think you know you can have all the knowledge and all the information in the world um you still have to ground yourself i think and be very intentional about you know just like we do with our kids 94 percent of people in the stress in america survey say you know that they're trying to manage their kids technology use and more than half of them feel like it is a constant battle. And I know with my clients, it's even more than that. They're just essentially saying, I don't care about my stress. Please, will you help me figure out my kids? So, you know, that's, it's another piece because as kids are getting addicted earlier and earlier to the technology and to what's going on out there. We just, we do have a capacity and that's what I keep kind of coming back to is yep. our brain cannot possibly stay connected to all of the things that are out there in the world of technology for us to pay attention to. And remember that everybody else is trying to kind of hijack our attention to, and it doesn't make them bad people. It just means oh. that we're in a bit of a war here over our own, our own mind. I want to tell you about our sponsor, Organifi. All right, here's the deal. We all know to truly thrive in all areas of your life, you cannot ignore the importance of good health. It is foundational. And I've learned this firsthand so many times, and I get to spread the word with my patients. And for many of us, let me tell you, time is one of our most valuable assets. And this is why I love Organifi Green Juice. It is an organic superfood green juice powder that you simply add to water, and you get to get your greens on anytime and anywhere. And when you invest in your health, gain more time because you have more energy and you get to focus throughout the day. And the best thing about this Organifi Green Juice Powder is that, believe it or not, it actually tastes amazing. And I want you to try it, okay? So go to Organifi.com, that's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com. Use the code MINDFUL and you're going to receive 20% off your order. Saving time, I think saving money and getting your health on. I, You know, it's so interesting how much I am marketed to as an individual, as a professional, as you know, in, in all of the circles that I run in, I'm just like, oh my dear, I have to take control of this. So I want to know all about Heidi's high five because um, <laughs> I love, I, I love it. You, you, I, I think you should really share this with listeners because um, this is where it's at. It is about uh, that, that adjustment and taking control. And I think these things are going to really help. Yeah. So again, I, I came into this because it's been a, a long time, lifelong 
struggle with my own brain and, and struggling with anxiety and depression as a child. And I actually have a condition called vasovagal syncope, which is this whole interesting phenomenon with stress where I do have a freeze oh. response first. So I faint and no one can figure out what's going on. And so, you know, as I struggle <laughs> to to want to yeah. continue to go out in the world and do these things like speak and travel and they were breaking me down essentially I just decided I have to come up with a solution and I call it my high five where I'm kind of like high-fiving myself in the morning for doing a good job like taking control of my brain and this brain boss kind of a, a mindset that I have so to me the five things that uh, I do every morning um, actually and I, I play around with the order a little bit but it always includes some sort of movement meditation and mirth. Right. I'm going to start with those three. So movement, moving our body is so important, like I said, to actually use those fight or flight hormones and to actually get the oxygen and glucose to the brain where we can think more logically and clearly and creatively. And so movement to me, even if it's not a run, just move, stretch, yoga, mm-hmm. you know, get some fresh air. Uh, meditation is really just the simple practice of taking control of our mind. It doesn't have to be a formal spiritual practice, although it's great if you have that. It could be three to five minutes. It could be 20 minutes. For me, I like 20 minutes. I like to exercise for about 60. I like to meditate for 20. And then I like to just find something funny and share it, which is mirth. Um, I'm a huge fan of humor, and I know the, the benefits of humor in reducing <laughs> cortisol and improving um, immune function. It. I'm actually part of an organization that studies the impact of humor on the brain called the Association for Applied and Therapeutic Humor. It's awesome. So if you can find things funny um, and share them with your community, it gives us a nice little energy boost. And then the other two that I use a lot, and this probably changed since the last time I, I put these down, but music is incredibly soothing, and it can shift our mindset either up or down or however we want to go, um, kind of just taps right into that emotional center of the brain and can help us to get into that more ideal state. And then the other one that's a huge go-to for me is massage. So I get massage every week. It's like going to the doctor for me. It's proactive instead of reactive. And even if you can't go, you know, to a full-blown massage, getting a chair massage or even doing some self-massage, it's amazing what touch can do to calm the nervous system. And we don't get a lot of that. I think the more kind of hyper-connected we get with technology, the more we lose touch with people. Even things like hugs, you know, we know that hugging for someone for 20 seconds, which seems like a really long time if you try it, but hugging for someone for 20 seconds gives a really incredible boost of oxytocin, which is a calming, soothing, bonding hormone in the brain that also helps to repair some of the damage that's caused by stress. So those are my my high fives that I try to do and would encourage people to, to at least find one of those that would help nudge your brain. Yes. Nudge your brain, and um, I think what's important that you're saying, so first of all, I just want to say I can't wait to hug and laugh with you very soon. Um, that That's going to be fun, and I'll look forward to that, but I think it's the consistency as well. I don't want to, yeah. as you, you don't want to overwhelm people by going like, hey, stress right. is killing you, you need to de-stress, and they're like, how do I do that? I don't have time, but I think it's like if you can pick one of those things um, and just do it every day, break that sympathetic do loop, get in that parasympathetic place, using those things where you can nudge your brain do those things that, that you're talking about where you can adjust and take more control. Very important. Now, I want to bring up this Global Stress Summit. I um, was so honored that you interviewed me for this, and I'm so excited because, like I said, I see it clinically all the time. I think this whole phenomenon of our modern-day stress is really contributing to our demise, and if people can be more aware and take more action and uh, and do those little adjustments, I think 
People are going to feel better. And when people feel better, they do better. And I think we all need that right now. So talk to me about the summit. And more than that, please tell the listeners how they can sign up. It's completely free, right? It is totally free. And I don't want people to feel stressed by the fact that there are 35 sessions. It's a lot of content. It's a week-long program. You do not have to go to all of them. But essentially what I did is I wanted to create literally like a Ph.D. program in stress management. Who are the experts I would go to if I wanted to learn everything I could? And what are the themes? So each day has a theme from history and biology to brain and mindset, body and lifestyle, got relationships, workplace stress, special populations, which we talk about things like PTSD, ADD, um, all sorts of different things. We talk about creativity and depression and anxiety. Um, and then on the last day, it's all about practical tools to tame stress, so things like neurofeedback, but we also have a session on humor. Um, we have one on sound therapy. So the whole goal with, with this is just to give people access to the cutting-edge information. <clears throat> There's all these great tools out there. We don't want people to feel overwhelmed that they can't take some control. And then, um, you know, you've got access for that week-long period to all of those sessions, and then we're also building as a result of this, a stress mastery curriculum that will kind of take a lot of the content from the summit and break it down into uh, usable chunks where you actually go through and you do an assessment and you start practicing some of these exercises. So again, not to feel like you need to consume all of this information, but I would say look at the agenda and, and think about what sessions resonate with you. Most people know intuitively, like, are you a music person? Are you a massage person? Right. Do you think maybe neurofeedback or some sort of diagnostic of analytical tool would be helpful um, and and pick one thing to start practicing regularly we're also going to have actually a daily meditation that's part of the summit as well that people can um, tune into live on our private facebook community and our whole goal is really build community build support for each other and i'm so grateful for your time on this program because we talked about for women in particular your most important relationship which i just love that whole notion that you know, while we're out there trying to take care of everybody else, we do have to yeah. get really clear on what's going on with us and, mm-hmm. like I said, become the boss of our own brain, right? Yeah, I love it. Where can people sign up? So you can go to globalstresssummit.com. Um, all Great. the information is there, the agenda, lots of free gifts. I know, uh, Holly, you provided us with some additional content there as well. So would love to see everybody there. It's going to be April 24th through May 1st, and uh, that's the actual timing of the summit but if you do miss it you can go to that same website globalstresssummit.com and still get access all right thank you so much dr heidi hannah and people can find you at your own website which is h heidi hannah h-e-i-d-i-h-a-n-n-a.com and then also there is a free stress 360 assessment that you give people and it's a great tool for people to better understand their unique relationship with stress very helpful for you listeners. So you can find that at www.mystress360.com. Both Heidi and I are here trying to help, uh, I think, everybody that we come in contact with we sort of wake up, use our own minds again, and, and especially when stress is concerned, just be able to be aware and make those adjustments so you can have power back over your health and uh, and your life for that. That for, 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 for that. And so, Heidi, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much. Yeah. Hey, folks, thanks so much. This is Dr. Holly Lucille from Mindful Medicine, and I will see you next time.